0: listener. I just wanted to come and give a very slight warning about this episode because I always endeavor to make sure that my podcast is the highest quality sound and my wonderful podcast producer always edits the episodes to make them easy on the ears. Unfortunately, I was so overexcited about the brand new podcast microphone that I've just invested in that halfway through that episode, I actually by mistake disconnected the microphone and therefore the second half of the episode will sound really different to the first please don't get a shock if you hear it like this and if you're new around here please know that this is literally the only time that it's ever happened one out of 70 something episodes so bear with me with the sound and I hope that it won't be too hard on your ears Hi, and welcome back to the Turning 30 podcast, a place where we talk about what it's really like to be 30. I'm your host, Life Coach Emma Wilson, and I'm here to help you feel better, get unstuck, and be more confident in your 30s. This podcast showcases both guest interviews and solo episodes to give you the tools, skills, knowledge, and inspiration that you need to make your 30s the best decade yet. And after a run of eight guest episodes, I'm back with a new solo podcast series where I'm going to be sharing my personal experiences and coaching advice about the key topics that have made my 30s and my client's 30s just so much better. And those topics are in no specific order, taking control of my fertility and talking about egg freezing, the joy of solo travel and going on solo adventures, the joy of being single in your 30s and how to embrace your single life and make the most of it, and a very special episode about something that is obviously very close to my heart, but it's going to be an updated episode about what I've learned from 2,000 hours plus of working with 30 something clients and I'm so excited for this episode it will be the last in the series but it's really going to talk about things that I've learned from the biggest research project I've ever done and that is working with hundreds of 30 somethings and really knowing what it's like to be this age and the things that we go through so really excited about this new podcast series and stay tuned in I really recommend you subscribe, whichever platform you're listening on now. And I'll ask, like I always do, that if you enjoy listening to this podcast and you resonate with anything in it, or you know that other people, your friends, and uh, people who follow you on your social media will also benefit from it, I would love if you could share it, you can uh, subscribe, you can rate, you can review. And in general, you can just help me really share the podcast so I can get it into as many listeners ears as possible and we can help spread the Turning 30 mission. So I'm going to dive straight in because this week's episode is all about turning 30 and solo travel. It's been something, this topic is really close to my heart because it's really been intrinsically linked to the last few years of my life. It's really transformed who I am as a person and I know it's something that I never, ever even contemplated before I went on a big journey with a breakup, but it has changed my life for the better in so many ways. So this episode is really going to talk to you about, firstly, my own personal journey to solo travel and how it's changed my life. And then later on, I'm going to talk about how to overcome some of the fears that you might be experiencing when considering it, and also some of my top tips for solo travel and how to plan your trips. One thing I absolutely love about my one-on-one turning 30 coaching program and also my group programs and courses is that so many of my clients join and when they start to live a different way and they open up their minds and what I like to call living a more aligned path and growing in confidence, many of them take this new lease of life and they use it as an opportunity to solo travel It really is a recurring pattern that I see when working with clients that we start coaching together. And then after a couple of months, they usually go and book their first trip if they haven't already booked it. And they end up going on crazy adventures and having so much fun, meeting new people, doing amazing things. At any one time, I can have clients who are on a surf camp in Portugal, or Madeira was where another one of my clients was recently at. Uh, I then have clients who are going on yoga retreats and fitness retreats all over the world. And then I get messages all the time from my clients who have gone, you know, flown to Central America like I did, or have gone east or have gone on a Euro weekend trip alone. And there's no bigger pleasure than mine to receive these photos and these messages to say Emma look look where I am and it's all thanks to the coaching and it gives me you know really like goosebumps even thinking about this because it really was such a huge thing for me and I know that so many of my clients have learned so much about themselves by going on their trips but also just gaining that confidence to go and do something alone something that feels really big. And I decided to record this episode because I've had so many people reaching out to me recently asking me, I think it's the time of year as well, because we're in winter and people are planning their holidays for the year ahead. But I've had so many people asking me about my trip and where I've been and asking me to help plan theirs. So I thought I would just come on and really talk about uh, what it's like to do it. And I think it's so amazing that my brand and you know, my Instagram is a safe space for people to talk about solo travel and to be inspired and expanded. And the other day, I even got a message from a friend of mine who has just gone through a really harrowing breakup. And she said to me, I'm ready to travel and I don't know what to do because she has a dog and she has responsibilities and she has her business. And I just said to her, Listen to that intuition calling. There's a reason that you're going through this breakup and there's a reason why you want to go and travel having said that, I want to make it really clear that this podcast isn't just for my single listeners. It's for anybody who feels that they want to go on an adventure, that they want to explore the world. I think that it can be really easy when you're in a partnership and you're dating somebody, or that's even a goal of yours. But especially when you have somebody else in your life to say, it's really difficult to turn around and say, okay, I just want to go on a solo trip. And I get it. Maybe if you are in a partnership, it's very unlikely you're going to say, okay, I'm going on a solo adventure for four months. I'll see you when I get back. But really this episode isn't about telling you to go and plan some big around the world trip. It's really to get you in the mindset of just doing a solo travel adventure, even if that is literally for one day and one night. And I personally think, and I know this from experience as well and also from working with women who have done it that even when we're in partnerships or let's reframe that especially when we're in partnerships it's imperative that we still dedicate time to ourselves that we still create that independence we create that separation and if anything going on that trip when you're in a partnership is even more important to really go and rejuvenate and get that space back for yourself so if you're about to press pause and move on to the next podcast because you don't feel like, like it's relevant because you you know aren't in the stage of life where you want to go on a big solo travel remote working trip, then this episode is for you as well. It's for everyone and anybody who wants to experience and enjoy solo traveling. So I want to flash back to before I discovered solo traveling and take you to my mid to late 20s where I genuinely didn't understand at all why anybody would choose to solo travel and I remember this because actually one of my ex-boyfriends really liked solo travel and he would say to me it's really important for me to every year, once a year, go away alone to clear my head. Like, I don't want to go with friends. And he'd been on a trip before with friends and he was like, oh God, I regretted it. I should have gone alone. And I remember having that conversation and being perplexed. What do you mean go alone? Like, why would anybody choose on purpose to be alone for a certain amount of time? It just seemed bizarre to me. And I remember so clearly thinking, that's weird. Like, why why would people do that? It was just nothing that ever turned me on. I never felt excited by it. It felt like this faraway, weird thing that people who didn't really have friends or, you know, people who were on this journey of getting to know themselves maybe would do. And it felt really alien and strange. So it's really funny to look back and remember that if you're that person who is really listening to this and thinking, huh, like, I'm just going to invite my friend to go, why would I do it by myself? Please stay tuned, because I think there are so many beautiful reasons actually why you can uh, travel alone. So I actually started to get a taste of it in a way that I wasn't supposed to. In my late 20s I started working in uh, conferences and I was traveling all over the world and I was usually with a team or with the CEO of the company and then when I got promoted I started to be sent uh, on my own I was working alone and flying to different locations and the first ever alone trip I did was to Copenhagen in Denmark and I was really nervous because I'd never done it before and obviously I'd flown alone a lot but I had always gone to meet someone or I knew that somebody was joining me on a different flight and this was the first time that I was actually going completely by myself and I did have work so it was very busy but I didn't know it then, but this little taster of these three days was going to open something so much bigger because it was gen- genuinely one specific day that I had in Copenhagen that I discovered how amazing it is to to solo travel and to be alone. So I had actually started off this uh, trip as a complete disaster. I'm just reminiscing now that I forgot the business cards I was flying to go to a conference where I would go around all the different exhibition stalls and shake hands and give business cards and make contacts and I actually forgot my business cards so that was really fun and then the next day I also was sick so I had to do the whole day not feeling well and I remember on the third day thinking oh my god this trip's been a complete disaster and then I was like feeling better and I said no I'm just going to go outside of the hotel I'm going to go and have a little walk and see what there is to do. And wow, that one day turned everything alone. I had the best day. I literally put my headphones in at one point and blasted my favorite music, walked around the city aimlessly. It was beautiful weather. It was kind of cold but sunny. Uh, I think it was in May that I was there, which is still cold in uh, Copenhagen uh, weather. And it was just beautiful. I remember, I think I went shopping. I went to a nice uh, food market I went to a few different of the, a few different areas. I don't specifically remember exactly what I did, but I remember coming home from that trip and being like, wow, I could have done that for longer. And then my work trips continued over the years and I always found myself in jobs where I had to fly alone. And the more that I went, the more I realized I just love going by myself. And I would have times where I would be offered for somebody to come on the trip with me. And if they would come, there was always that niggle in the back of like, Okay, it's great that you're here, but actually I would love to do this by myself. There was something so liberating in it and so freeing. And my best solo travel story was when I flew to Chicago again for a work conference and I was meeting a team of people there who I'd never actually met before from the New York office of the company I was working for, but I was spending the last two days alone And on the second to last day of the trip, it was the last day of the conference, I ended up being gifted. It was an amazing manifestation story that maybe I'll I'll talk about the manifestation of it another time, but gifted some tickets to see Hamilton. So for those of you who haven't seen Hamilton, the West End show, I could not recommend it anymore. It's the best show. And if you don't uh, go and see it, definitely listen to the soundtrack. And I got gifted a ticket to go and see it. And it was so funny because my instant reaction is, oh my God, I can't go to see a show by myself. How sad I'm going to be sitting there by myself. What a loser. And honestly, I think it was one of the best nights of my life. I went out for a dinner and shopping before in Chicago City Center. And then I went to see the show. It was absolutely amazing. It was a little bit annoying that I couldn't turn around to the person next to me and say, wow, this is incredible. But there's something about when you see a show and you're with the audience that it doesn't even matter that there's no one to speak to because you're all together. And I think this is amazing. You know, solo business trips aren't really solo travel. I mean, they are, especially if you extend. But there's really something about booking a trip separately for the for the purpose of work that is specifically for solo travel. But I was really, really lucky because this trip ignited in me a desire to travel that I don't think I would have had if I wouldn't have had the opportunity or I wouldn't have been pushed to do it before. And then when I did, I created some evidence for myself that I not only was I able to do it, but that I was able to enjoy it. So let's flash forward to the age of thirty-three, and if you've listened to the podcast, you'll know the story of how I went through a very big breakup at the age of. 33 just on the eve of my birthday and solo travel for the two years prior to that it had been corona just wasn't something that I was craving I won't retell the whole story now I do have separate podcast episodes on it if you're interested you can go and check those out but what I will share is that the breakup itself, or the fact that I wasn't going to be spending the rest of my 30s with somebody else, really blindsided me, it was completely unexpected. And in some ways, I thought that my solo traveling days were behind me, because I was expecting to have a baby in my near future, I had the picture of already settling down. And actually, now I do think that having a baby, you can travel and do amazing things. But in my mind, it was like, I was about to just go and take all those next steps. And I wasn't thinking about going on any adventures. Now that breakup and the unexpectedness of the whole thing was obviously really one of the hardest things I ever went through. But looking back now, a couple of years later, almost three years later, the truth is I wasn't in a place to settle down and I still had that travel exploration bug within me. And I didn't really know it until after, but something greater was calling me. And I'm so grateful that I decided to listen to it because I had a really, really strong pull to travel alone. The minute that we broke up, I said to myself, right, I'm going to get things back on track. I'm going to get my business together And I am going to make this happen. And it actually came to me during a meditation. And, you know, I think I was being signaled the whole time to go on a trip. And I think the stars really aligned and the universe was really calling me to go on it. But I think if I hadn't have gone through the breakup, I wouldn't have taken the plunge and done those things. So... Just for anybody listening who is going through a hard time, who is contemplating a breakup, who has just been through a breakup, please use this opportunity to go and do something that you maybe wouldn't have done before because it just absolutely changed my life for the better. So my first trip, I ended up starting in Mexico and then I moved down to Costa Rica. I actually got stuck there because of Corona and the airports closing. And I was there for four whole months. Now I'm not gonna tell every single story about my time there But I will say that that four months drastically changed my outlook on my 30s. It changed my outlook on the hitting the milestones and being a woman who does things later in her 30s because I met so many amazing women who had chosen alternative ways of life. And it made me in this whole new area of self-development. It's where I really discovered yoga. I made some lifelong friends who have become colleagues and friends and it was just really the most aligned decision that I've ever made I think because I didn't realize what it was calling me to but the combination of being there and also stepping up into this new life was just something that I could never have anticipated but I am so grateful for. So that's my personal journey to solo travel and I hope that it can resonate with any of you who are in the pre being convinced of solo travel and thinking oh my god oh my god why you know why would anyone go alone I also used to think that so I really would like to advise you to exercise an open mind and to know that you can absolutely solo travel even if it feels like something really far away so let's just start off by talking about why I think solo travel is so great and why I recommend it. So firstly, and most obviously, you get to travel. I know that sounds really basic, but when I was making this list, I almost forgot to include the fact that the best part of traveling is going to visit a new place, going to explore somewhere new, going to eat new food that you've never eaten before and go and explore new cultures and meet new people and see how other people live. For me, there's something so important about going outside of your life to realize and appreciate all of the things that you like about your current life or to open your mind to different ways of living and I don't know about anybody listening but the minute I get on a plane and I'm above the clouds and everything is quiet my wi-fi is switched off and I'm just me and my thoughts something really magical happens and it gives me a new perspective and every time I travel anywhere whether it's for a weekend whether it's for three months, whether it's for one week, I always just get this new perspective. So I really wanted to put that first because solo travel is many things, but it's also just enjoying traveling and doing something new. Now, let's dive into the second reason that I think solo travel specifically is so great. And that's because you get to travel the way that you want to without making compromises for other people. Now, traveling with others when you're with the right people is amazing. I'm not going to say that it's not, but there is something about having to be on other people's schedules, having to accommodate to other people's. Needs and wants, and maybe those of you who've traveled with partners will know that you always have to take someone else into account. If you're with a group of friends, maybe there's some sort of friendship dynamics or politics. And for me, one of the greatest benefits of traveling solo is the fact that I don't have to worry about anybody else, I just worry about myself. I'm on my own time, I'm on my own schedule, I can do things completely as and when I want them and nobody else needs to know nobody needs to know that I stayed in bed till whatever time or that I ended up going to sleep at 7 p.m because I didn't really want to hang out with anyone that night and make the most of the evening and I think it's so magical to be able to embrace that and actually I didn't plan to start this but what comes to mind for me is when I was traveling first when I was in Mexico I was staying in a place that I, I really didn't connect to the place, and I'd booked a few weeks there to stay, in, and, and I didn't feel right, something just felt off, and I know that if I was with somebody else, I wouldn't have been able to just be like, okay, you know what, this isn't actually what I want to do right now, I want to go somewhere else, I would have felt the pressure to stay there because the other person would be there, or the people, and I remember I had booked this three-week stay, and after about two weeks or maybe even less I was like I'm not vibing this just isn't for me this place and I went out for a dinner and I came back and I sat with myself and I was like I'm gonna leave and it just really quickly came over me I'm ready to leave and I didn't need to ask anyone permission and I literally packed a suitcase I told them I was checking out early and we we booked and booked my bus ticket for the next day to go somewhere completely different and I just went. I didn't have to consult with anyone. I didn't have to worry about anyone else. I just did it. And it was amazing. So just want to remind you that if you're panicking about being alone, really reframe it and know that you can be alone and really have an experience because you are alone. Next reason I love solo travel and maybe it's a little bit obvious that I'm a coach and I would say this but it's because it makes you completely get out of your comfort zone and there's just something to be said of having new experiences and actually putting yourself in a position to do things that you've never done before and you know we all can stay in our routines and we can stay at home and we can not go on adventures and also there's nothing wrong with that the older I'm getting, the more I'm appreciating my routine, the more I'm appreciating having nights in, I have less of that need and desire to have constant changes and adrenaline rush. But I do think that the downside of having that is that sometimes we get too comfortable, we get too caught up staying in that place where we don't actually shake things up a bit, we don't actually do things differently. And going on a solo adventure honestly whether it's 2 nights or 4 months is really just showing you that you are capable of doing something you've never done before and the energy of life that you get when you start to do these things that you wouldn't usually do is is just addictive and for me it creates a huge sense of accomplishment and i think there's so many different ways to get out of your comfort zone but for most people going alone somewhere where they don't know any other people and then putting themselves in positions to strike up new conversations, meet people from all over the world, make new friends, go out on trips and, you know, do things that they wouldn't necessarily do in their everyday life is is exciting. And it's scary exciting. I like to use the emotion word scary nervous, excited nervous, sorry. But I think that it's just it creates a feeling within your body that I personally think doesn't really compare to many other emotions. So if you have that want and urge to get out of your comfort zone, to really challenge yourself to do something that you haven't done before, solo travel is such a good way to do that. And this is a good segue into the next point of why I love solo travel or why I have loved the experience of solo travel and that's because, and excuse my swearing, that it's really fucking hard but it's so hard in the best way possible and I want to really dispel any myth that the minute you get on that plane and you land in a new place that everything's really easy. It's not, of course it's not but there's so much beauty to be found in the hard stuff and I'm so glad that I have had many multiple occasions where I've been solo traveling and I've felt hard emotions and I felt hard things because it forced me to overcome them and then there were so many lessons inside of that and if you follow me on Instagram and you follow me for a while and you see me traveling a lot and you've seen my stories, I do try to keep it as real as possible, but maybe you only catch sight of the gorgeous sunsets and the palm trees and the me with my new friends or me doing yoga on the terrace of my uh, place where I'm staying. And, you know, you maybe see all of those things, but there's lots of other things going on behind the scenes. And there's lots of moments that it is just really hard and it can get really lonely. And it can also just feel really like questioning of, Ooh, I've put myself in this situation. Why have I done this? It happened to me quite a lot of being like, God, like I decided this, I chose this. Why am I here? And actually, in preparation for this podcast, I decided to read back my journal for the times that I was away because I really wanted to see my my mindset and how I was coping to being in new places. And it's funny to read it because rose tinted glasses, I look back at that time as this you know, area of extreme joy and happiness and my mind wasn't that happy a lot of the time. We all have human brains and my human brain was exactly the same, whether it was in Mexico or Panama or Costa Rica or Greece or Italy or all the places that I've been the past few years. And I think it's just important to remind ourselves that that it's not about finding joy in every single moment. It's about finding the joy in overcoming the hard thing and showing up for yourself and wanting to be there. So I don't want this to put anybody off, but I do think it's really important to share that just because it's fun and enjoying an adventure and getting out of your comfort zone absolutely doesn't mean that it's all going to be easy and it shouldn't be easy. That's the reason that you should want to travel, to really know how to build up that resilience and put yourselves in situations that maybe you wouldn't usually be in, but that are going to give you so much personal growth. Now, the fifth reason that I love solo travel is, and I guess this is really high up on the list, is that the people that you meet there And the experiences that you open up yourself to, but really specifically with these people. And I'm talking about friends, and also for those of you who are single and looking to meet people romantically, also that. And I think, you know, most of my trips, if I'm being honest, have really, really focused on meeting amazing friends. And I've met a lot of amazing female friends that have come to be really important people in my life. And it was less about the romantic thing that was specifically for me because I was. Post a breakup and I really wasn't looking to to have a a whirlwind romance but there's something so exciting about being in a new place and being able to meet people from all over the world and you know I did meet men when I was away who are and when I was in Costa Rica I did start something up with somebody for the time that I was there and I'm so grateful that I put myself in that position because, again, we can just get so caught up in dating loops in the city that we're from or the place that we live. And it's amazing to broaden horizons and see what it's like to date away from our usual uh, comfort zone uh, or, or uncomfort zone, which may be the case for most of us. And I'm not going to sugarcoat dating digital nomads because if you are traveling for a long time and you, You know, get into that world of going on dates with other people who have also chosen to work and travel. There are things, and there is uh, baggage that comes with that because people are often moving through a place quite quickly and from all over the world. And there's obviously lots of things, but just reminding you that going on that trip is going to broaden your horizons and what you're used to. And for me, it was really important personal development to do that. And back to the point about female friendships wow I just really want to soak up and and appreciate every friend that I made on that journey some of whom I'm in contact with every day some who I speak to less and we're just keeping in touch and some who I never actually spoke to again but each one of those friends really redefined to me that you can make new friends who are in your 30s, who don't live in the same area as you, who don't have the same background as you, who aren't from the same culture as you, and you're going to learn so much from them. It was honestly the highlight of my time away, both these past two winters, was meeting these amazing friendships, and I'm really, really grateful for that. final reason that I love solo travel, and it really is a summary of all the previous five reasons but I think that you learn lessons about yourself in such an accelerated way that it it's priceless it's almost like accelerated self-development if you want it to be if you decide okay I'm going on this trip and it's going to be a personal challenge it's going to be a way for me to learn something about myself I'm going to go with intention it's going to be conscious, and I'm going to use it as an opportunity to explore different parts of myself. Well, the lessons that you'll learn in that time will just be so numerous. And I have to say that I learned more about myself on a four month trip to Costa Rica than I did in a whole two years of just being in my regular life because. I was I was there to learn and I was really showing up for myself and I also want to say that this isn't necessarily linked to the amount of time I learned so much just going on a week-long retreat that I went on in the end of 2021 to Jordan it wasn't a solo retreat however I did go with a friend and we joined obviously a, a group of people but I really made it my intention to make some decisions about some personal things that were going on in my life at the time and I took myself off into quiet moments and made sure I still had that solo aspect and I remember leaving to go on that trip quite in turmoil about a scenario, a situation that was currently happening to me in my love life and I gained so much clarity from being there and from asking those questions not in my usual place way more so than I would in my everyday life. I could go on There's so many more reasons that I love solo travel, but I think those are the main reasons that I would recommend that somebody would do it and find the joy in it. I want to finish the episode by talking about, you know, where to start if you want to solo travel but you're too scared or you want some tips of how to actually start this process. Uh, The first thing I want to do, actually, before I even dive into that list is to really address the question that i so often get asked i think as a woman we have to ask this question and it's sad but we really have to address it is that is it safe to travel alone as a woman and how do we know when it's safe or not are we putting ourselves at risk and the answer is that we get to do this in a way that feels safe and is safe for us and there's certain things that you can do to make sure that you protect your safety and that you don't put yourself in a vulnerable situation and this, may, this list isn't comprehensive, it's just a few things that I personally come up with that really made me feel safe and I, up until now, never experienced any problems. But the first thing is that you should research places that other female travellers have travelled to before and that they have mentioned that they felt safe there and even specifically certain areas or even hotels or hostels that promote solo travel I joined many Facebook groups in order to find this out, lots of digital nomad Facebook groups, but I really made a concerted effort to ensure that the places that I was going were safe for me. And I asked people before just to make sure, you know, I really want to, when I'm there, not have to worry about walking around and feeling like, I wasn't in a position of safety and I'm really happy I did that and didn't go to anywhere that maybe the destination is something that I really would would have liked to explore but I knew from various other sources that it isn't the best place to travel as a female solo traveler. Now whilst you're actually on location and you're actually there make sure that you tell people where you are so if you're fully alone and you don't know anybody there then just make sure that you're in touch with loved ones friends family whoever knows about your trip and you can tell them where you're going and share your location with them literally using the using whatsapp app you can actually share your location so that they know where you are and i would also say don't go out alone and walk around at night if you're not absolutely certain that the place is safe so for example, I used to get to places and at first I had no idea whether it was safe or not, so I wouldn't go out until, you know, speaking to locals or speaking to people who worked at the hotel that I was staying or speaking to other travellers who said, Oh, you know, of course it's it's you know, it's fine here and most people do want to protect your safety and know that it isn't. For example, when I was in Costa Rica, it was very known not to go on the beach at night it was a known thing that that wasn't what you do so i would never go anywhere near the beach the minute that the sun set and it actually became dark i made sure to leave and and go back either into with a group of people that i met or go back to where i was staying and also if you meet people there even if it's people at the hotel just make sure to tell them where you're going and uh, then they will notice if you if you don't come back wow well, that sounds really morbid, but just for your own safety to make sure. And the places that you're picking, and I do want to say that many people when they go away do use dating apps to meet people, it's really normal. And I met lots of really great people on dating apps when I was away, but if you are going to meet someone that you've never met before and you don't know, make sure that it's in a really visible location, so preferably within a restaurant that you know, or cafe, or uh, making it in a hotel that you're staying, Don't go and meet strangers at night. It sounds really obvious, but I think that when we're actually there in the moment, we can be like, oh, everything's fine and we can shrug it off. And especially when you go to places where there are lots of other nomads and travelers, we can have a false sense of security. And the last thing I would say as well is that it might increase the cost slightly of your trip, but I always took Ubers instead of walking alone at night. Even if the Uber was just for seven minutes, really, really quick, I could have walked it in 10 minutes. I prefer to call the Uber and make sure that I got home safely. So just be aware that safety is comes first before anything else. And as long as you pick safe locations, for me I never felt threatened and maybe I'm lucky, but I always made sure to travel to places where it was it was very known that this place was safe. Let's get on to where to start if you are being called to solo travel but you are feeling scared and unsure of the steps to do next so the first thing that I would do is to start small so if you've never solo travel before you've never done anything like this and it makes you feel petrified then maybe it's a good idea to start going on solo dates it's like training for a marathon you wouldn't just run the marathon straight away you would get some practice in before to see if you like it and to see if it's something that you really do want to do so I have a whole episode called the Solo Date Challenge on the podcast, and I recommend listening to that and challenging yourself to start doing some coffee dates alone, maybe start going to some museums, start eating in restaurants, and really just starting to flex that muscle and get used to doing things alone. That means that by the time you get to the point where you're ready to book a solo trip, whether it's one night or three months, you genuinely can muster up feelings of excitement and another thing you could do is book the solo trip for in say six months time three months time and then already now start to do solo dates in relation to it and it could be a really nice idea to use those solo dates as planning so you could say okay for the next three months before my trip I'm going to spend one time per week uh, planning on going to a coffee shop and actually planning the trip really love this idea So I recommend to do that and to get yourself used to doing things alone and getting out of your comfort zone. The second thing that I would say is if you feel really scared to solo date and like the thought of getting on a plane and getting off the other side and not knowing anybody there, then firstly, just to tell you, completely normal. I think most of us will feel that way. But if you aren't ready for that challenge yet and it feels too far away, Then book a community trip. So book somewhere where other people are going to be, whether that's going to be a retreat where you're literally forced to be with other people who are like-minded, who have also chosen to be there. You can maybe book a trip, a tour. I know lots of friends who have booked to go on something where they get there and then they meet a group of people and then they stay on afterwards and usually they do that with people that they've met on the trip it's really providing that platform for you to already meet people who are going to be in the same location surf trips are a great one if you're interested in surfing loads of my clients it's like a a pandemic of surf trips going on right now with my clients but it's a really good way to challenge yourself do a new sport learn a new skill and also be in that community environment there's absolutely no shame of wanting to do something in a framework and in a structure if it does feel too scary to do it all alone and then you can see maybe that will open up something more and you'll want to actually go on a solo a completely solo trip after that. Now the next thing is to start saving up and start planning so if it feels really far away you can't afford it right now or you feel like you're not ready to take the plunge but it's something that you're manifesting something that you're wishing for yourself for the future then I would say set a goal traveling is an investment and it's one of those things that we can always put off and say oh I'm gonna do it later on my money's best spent somewhere else but for me I knew that traveling was up there with one of my biggest values so I prioritized it and I made it work I sublet my apartment when I was away so I didn't have to pay double rent I made sure that I was working when I was there. Obviously, not everybody is able to work remotely, but if you can, or if you want to, and you want to live this digital nomad life, then you can also look for remote jobs. Potentially, a whole other side topic here, which I won't go into now. But really start planning, get really realistic, and say, okay, this is something I want. Let's actually figure out how to do it. Like, let's. Set tangible goals and then reverse engineer them so that in X amount of time I will be on that trip, I will be in that place, and I will be making sure that my solo travel dreams have come to life. And a really big thing I would say here is that reach out to people who have done a similar trip to you to get guidance, there's no point in being shy about it. So many people reach out to me all the time when I Doing my solo trips, and when I get back, they're asking me for advice. Obviously, always sharing on Instagram my journey, and I love passing on the knowledge I have because I love creating and paving the way for other people who want to travel to do it. So, don't be afraid to consult with others, hear about their experiences, see if it's something that you feel like you would want to do. If you do, then you can ask them for advice. Do not hold back. One of my closest friends is just about to go on a trip, and we did a FaceTime that in the night and we went through all her questions. We literally did a QA and a going through all the things that she would need to take. And that leads on to the next question is make a really good to-do list. And you can use uh, project management software. I like to use Notion. Or you can just do notes in your phone or even in a notebook. But make a list of all the things that you need. Get really practical. What do you need to do? You need to book flights. You need to plan the itinerary. You need to organize a sublet. You need to... Organized travel insurance, you need to change money, all of these really practical things. And almost like remove all of those things so you can have more time and space in your mind to actually be present and enjoy the trip. Also, the last thing I would say is be expanded. I use this term expansion a lot in my coaching, but if you see somebody else who is doing something that you want to do, let that expand your mind. Take that potential feelings of jealousy and say, okay, I can see that I'm feeling. Negative emotion towards this person because I also want to solo travel and take that and say, No, this is me going to formulate a new goal. Make a vision board, change the background of your phone, the wallpaper of your phone to a picture of the place that you want to be. Really let yourself expand your mind that because other people have done it before, you can absolutely do it too. And lastly, and most importantly, Don't invite anyone. One of the biggest mistakes I almost made when I was planning my first solo trip post-breakup was that I almost by mistake invited someone to come along with me. And I remember thinking, "Oh, it would be so nice to not have to do this alone. And then really marinating in that decision and understanding that this trip was about me and other people weren't invited. And it wasn't because I don't love traveling with others and I don't love my friends who want to travel with me, but it was because this trip was about so much more than that. It was a trip about coming back to myself and learning and exploring. To conclude I just want to say that when the universe wants you to solo travel it's going to align to bring you the experience that it was meant to. This is something that is so true for me and I know it's true for so many of my clients and I just really urge you to listen to that intuitive pull, listen to that Thing that's telling you deep inside that you should go somewhere and do something that is completely different i remember panicking on my first trip to mexico and i landed and i'm in the hotel room after very very long you know almost 36 hour journey where i actually got arrested in toronto Airport. It's a whole other story and that sounds like a huge cliffhanger but a story for another time and I panicked and was like oh my gosh why am I here I don't know anyone I was treating myself to a beautiful hotel but there was not really any other single people there which actually was so false because during the week I made so many friends who were also staying in the hotel but this is the what was going through my mind in this panic time and I went to see the sunset just as after I landed and I walked out onto the beach and I bumped into The first person I saw on this island in Mexico, Holbox Island, was a friend who I had made traveling in Brazil almost ten years earlier, and we just screamed when we looked at each other. We actually had kept in touch and had become friends in London, but I hadn't seen or spoken to her for seven years, and she was there with her fiance and her fiance's uh, brother and his wife, and. Me and her just leapt into each other's arms. We couldn't believe it. And I remember afterwards saying to myself, Thank you, universe, for showing me that I can do brave things, that I can choose to be alone and reward me by bringing someone into my space that I just felt safe with. We had an amazing few days together and then I carried on in my adventures. And yeah, I just wanted to leave you with that story because I think that it's really important to know that if you decide and you're following that aligned path, then The thing that you want is going to show itself to you you have to go and get it don't just sit and put the intention out but really take those action steps and then let the universe do its job if you want guidance with anything about solo travel getting to know yourself more creating confidence creating money to do it and you're feeling stuck you're feeling demotivated you're at crossroads you've just gone through a big breakup if any of these circumstances sound like you and you're ready to take a step up and enjoy your 30s I invite you to check out my one-on-one coaching program but starting in April so if you're listening to this it's April 2023 and I run free initial consultation calls so many of my clients come to me we work through huge Blocks that are stopping them from taking big steps forward, and the result is that they end up going on big adventures, they end up going on trips, they end up living lives that just feel right to them. So, I invite you if this is of interest and you really feel ready to take those next steps and make a change, get out of your comfort zone, coaching could be the place that you start that. So in the podcast show notes, you can go and book a free 45 minute consultation call. I'll be so excited to meet you there. And I'll see everybody on the podcast next week.